welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at rollwithadventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll with Adventure. This session's campaign is Of Salt and Blood. My name is Gas, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the evening of the 5th of Altor, in the year 1069 PR, as dusk begins to fall, and with it comes both a chill fog and an ominous sound. Now. Before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? I'll go ahead and start. So I was curious and looked up shark cults. Fun. Uh, it turns out there's actually a country, even to this day, called, I have to bring it up, called Langa Langa Lagoon, uh, or a much more cooler name, uh, Akwalafu, I think is how you say it, uh, that actually uh, still worships these sharks and has a very tribal uh, society. Like, they still use shells for currency. So for that interesting little read, um, I'm going to give myself a plus one. And also, they're not crazy, so they don't do weird things like blood rituals. They just worship sharks. I mean, that's pretty fair. Sharks are cool. So, you know, why not? There are worse things to worship. I'll go with my fact next. I found out probably a lot of people know this, but I didn't, that it's really dangerous to give, like, newborn infants straight water because they can develop water toxicity or, like, sodium levels in their blood become unbalanced with a really small amount of water because their kidneys aren't very developed and they're very small. So until like six months old, you're not supposed to give them straight water and even like not mixing the right amount of formula into water can be dangerous. So I'm going to give myself a plus one because I think that's interesting and important for people to know. I often wonder how the human race has survived as long as it has. When we're tiny, there are so many things that can kill us by accident. And even in the past where, like, an infection was a death sentence? Yeah. The thing that I learned this week is that my neighbor cannot play the ukulele. Uh, I was watering the plants yesterday, and I hear somebody shout, Hey, neighbor! And um, behind us is a family that has three kids, and I think this kid must be, like, I don't know, I want to say he's, like, probably between 10 and 12. And he shows me his ukulele and he strums away on it. And I'm like, you know, ask him how he's, how he's doing, how long he's been playing the ukulele. He's been playing for three years. 
I don't think he used any chords. It was the same sound over and over again, and I think his ukulele's out of tune. But he can play the ukulele while chasing the dog, and he can play the ukulele while spinning around in a circle. So, you know, some multitasking skills there. Anyway, that's a thing that I have learned this week. He's never... like a great bar to have <laughs> living next door. He sounds wonderful. It's so funny because I've never talked to any of the kids before. And just out of the blue, I was watering the plants, minding my own business. And he was like, hey, let's think about the ukulele and how I can play it. And he's like, yeah, in like three minutes, my parents are going to let me have the camera. And I'm going to record myself playing it. And I was like, good for you. That's really awesome. You were very enthusiastic about this. In 20 years, you may look at that video of yourself playing the ukulele and think, oh, God, I hope I didn't share that with anyone. But for the moment, he was having fun. And I kind of have the feeling that maybe his parents shooed him outside so that they didn't have to listen to him playing the untuned ukulele. But anyway, it was very cute and nice for him to, like, make some conversation and still have no idea what his name is. But now I know a little bit more about him. And I feel like I'm just consistently taking a zero, but that's, like, not helpful. It's not, like, wildly interesting to anybody. So I'll just take a zero. I learned that male wasps don't have stingers. And this was actually very helpful to me because it made me like wasps a little more, even though I strongly dislike them. My boyfriend has a cicada-eating moth. Moth, do you hear me? Cicada-eating wasp who just, like, hangs out on his stoop, and apparently they're good friends now. And I never thought that, like, a wasp could could be chill. And even though, like, the name is, like, very aggressive, apparently the wasp is, like, a cool dude who just, like, doesn't sting anyone. So don't be afraid of boy wasps. And they're actually really chill, and they could be your friend on the porch. So I'm going to take a plus one because I feel better about it. I learned about a very interesting tiger. I love tigers, and me and my son usually watched some video animals and we watched some videos on tigers and they talked about this one tiger who had developed a taste for human flesh and had killed over 430 people or 420 something people a lot of people it's the most recorded human killings of uh, a tiger of all time it's in the guinness book of world guinness book of world of records Woof. uh but yeah this tiger was apparently just a monster uh but they eventually hunted it down killed it uh they did find that it had an old gunshot wound that hurt its teeth it broke its teeth so it couldn't hunt its normal prey and that's why it developed uh human hunting habits so not really much of a plus there but Man, plus one. Why not? What a bedtime story for your son. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I just like, oh, here's a video about tigers. Didn't really think about it. You know, what horrible things could tigers bring about? Right? They're they're pretty cool. So parenting sounds so hard. You got to be careful what tiger videos you watch. You can't feed them water when they're too young. He probably thought it was cool and. We explain that tigers aren't necessarily dangerous all the time. You know, you got to respect them, but, uh, yeah. So he likes them at the zoo. Well, a fun fact of my own. 
Did you know that while the majority of sharks do not travel in schools, two specific species of shark do? The scalloped hammerhead and the smooth hammerhead. They do, in fact, form and travel in schools, and hunt in them sometimes, too. Well, that sinks in. Let's move on and see what each of you roll. I feel nervous about this. That's not not concerning at all, really. Can't see how that information's relevant at all. Now we need a good Lurius shark person. It's going to be like three hammerhead sharks. I've got it. I rolled a three. Oh, my God. I got an 18. I also rolled a three. Whoa. <laughs> Hi, my name's Allie, and I'm playing Maya Volta, a human cleric of Cain. And I'm not going to be eaten by a shark person tonight. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie. She's a monk, um, and she's a follower of Ashen, and she believes in death positivity. Hey, everyone. It's Carlos here, playing Marcus Evander, a human rogue. Uh, you know, Marcus is probably scared of sharks. So this is going to be fun. Hi, guys. It's Disco. I'm playing Alice, the radiant Genasi druid, who is a walking, talking magic mirror who hopefully will not be eaten by a shark. Hey, world. This is Corey. I play Kalina. She is a human fighter who is a worshiper of Atrestia. And she's. I'm hoping she really doesn't go to the book tonight. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. It is oftentimes in imminent danger. The mind quickly assesses why one has put one's own self, one's entire being, into such a situation. Your mind weighs each reason against a set of personal criteria, and then weighs each outcome, those intended and those unintended to determine the likeliest chance of success. Of those various criteria which flit through each of your minds, there is but one true reason why you are here this day. Family. To you, Vanessa and Buttercup are as much family as those companions that live with you. You helped them build the life they have for themselves, and you have stood beside them every single step of the way. You have forged a family of bonds, not of blood. A chill wind blows this evening, colder than you would expect for early Altor. The ninth lunar cycle of Ptolemy the Grey Mother. It is a lazy wind, one that ebbs and flows against the featureless grey sea fog that chokes the air around you. Smothering sight, dulling sound, reducing your visibility considerably. You have but made it, perhaps, from Vanessa's front door to the beginning of the farm lane that connects these farmsteads to the south of Walldown, a distance of perhaps ninety feet back to Vanessa's door, when the hairs on your neck stand on end and a sound filled the air that made your blood run cold. One sound or perhaps many that carried with it or them the pestilent stench 
of rotting meat. A clicking sound. One that grates at the edge of your imagination, like a thousand teeth bristling against each other. Or the wet clicking of breath through flaps and folds of skin as mouths open and close. You spin, attempting to pinpoint the sound around you. The mist, it smothers your sight, and the setting sun offers no true aid. No distinct shapes stand out in the gloom. You are ninety feet from Vanessa's homestead. You have just reached the lane. Quickly, Marcus, what do you do? Tell everyone to stop. Kalina, what do you do? She pulls her hunter knife out in her right hand and kind of positions Vanessa behind her. Sylvie, what do you do? I think Sylvie would grab her walking stick slash quarterstaff and just sort of grab it and hold on and see what everybody else is going to do. Alice, what do you do? Alice will look into the foggy night to see what everyone is afraid of. Maya, what do you do? I'm going to get behind Vanessa so that she's sort of sandwiched between Kalina and Maya and, like, more protected from all sides. The night. The fog. It is still. Even though the wind lightly brushes against you, it barely eddies it. The fog is so thick. Rain begins to fall from the dark skies above, tearing into the sea fog around you, thinning it. The first thing to form out of the thinning fog is a vaguely humanoid shape, a hulking figure with a slight hunch, crouching half-curled in the distance that begins to stand. As it rises, Buttercup begins to cry, a sound you have not heard her make for a very long time. The figure rises to its full height, and as it does, two shapes catch your eye. First, a long, thin, dorsal fin-like protrusion that rises from the creature's rippling back muscles. And second, as it turns towards you, you see its head, or at least what you think is its head, flattened and wide, like a hammerhead shark. The creature is 50 feet from you, in a nearby field. Let's get Vanessa and Buttercup back into the house. Everyone go. Good start. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should back up and everybody keep an eye on that. Can I please? Move it, move it, move it. Show that. From every. Okay. Oof. <laughs> oh. 11? 20. Uh, I don't remember. Initiatives don't have critical fails, right? Or do they? Nope. Cool. I have a 12. I got a 19. And should I assume that Kalina got very low? Five. Vanessa got a 13. You are all very lucky. The creature tied with Kalina. Kalina, what is your dex score? Uh, four. 
or sorry, the modifier, right? Yeah. Plus four. So you will go before the creature. All of you will go before the creature. You can see it slowly as it uncurls its and comes to its full height. Breath misting in the air as rain begins to fall around you and strip the fog. There's still a bit of fog, but not enough to obscure your vision too much. All of you, are you going, you're making a break for Vanessa's home? Mm-hmm. Sylvie, what are you going to do for your action? Harnius so just said they should run. Mm-hmm. Sylvie would start to back up, but um, it, as she sees, like, Colina and Marcus stop, she would stop with them. She wouldn't go all the way. Marcus, you're going to go 15 feet so that the creature is now 65 feet from all of you. Could I possibly go only 10 feet? <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. Just kidding. It's no, no, no. The range, no, is, 80. That... The range <laughs> is 80 feet. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and then are you readying an action? I'm just, no, I'm going to straight shoot it. Okay. Take a shot. 15. That will hit. Let's go. That is a nine. Nine piercing damage? Yes. Please describe as you let this arrow fly. Marcus will run about 10 or 15 feet, and he'll kind of do it in one swift motion, just from many years of experience, and cry, everyone go! And he'll let loose the arrow. The arrow speeds through the air. And as it comes down, it's going to just clip the edge of the creature. It doesn't look like it's hurt the creature a considerable amount and will embed itself in the farm land behind the creature. Vanessa is now going to scream and run, and she's going to clutch Buttercup and she's going to dash a full 60 feet. So she's moving her movement of 30 and an additional 30. So at the moment, she is 110 feet from the creature. Alice, what are you going to do? So I think this is a good time to let anyone listening know that I'm not playing your typical druid. (laughs) I am playing a druid who is based off of a warlock homebrew. That's the designer's name uh, subclass called the Half Moon. And it makes minor illusion a bonus action instead of an action. So, did Vanessa dash towards the house, if I'm correct? Yes, she is dashing towards the house, screaming her head off. She probably will attract some attention. I'm going to use my bonus action minor illusion. Uh, How tall is Buttercup? She's able to carry Buttercup, so, like, you can consider them in the same space. Okay, is, is Buttercup less than five feet tall, though, at her age? I'm assuming that is a yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I will make an illusionary Buttercup move 30 feet towards the creature as if, like, Buttercup had wandered away from her mother to kind of see what the creature's going to do with it. And then I'm going to use my action to dash and move equally as close to Vanessa to the house. Full 60 feet. Okay, so you'll be next to Vanessa? Mm-hmm. Maya, what will you do? Okay, Maya's going to... Run 30 feet towards the house, and then she's going to turn back to the monster. And she is going to say, Lord of Flame and Blood, 
Lend me your power and strength, that I may show your might by smiting my enemy. And Maya raises her hands, and a cloud of golden sparks begin gathering above her. And as she makes her attack, she draws her hand into a fist, and the sparks coalesce. And she hurls her fist towards the target, and the sparks follow the direction that her fist moves. And they form themselves into a light, um, sorry, into a tight bolt that lances through the air like a brilliant glowing javelin. And if it hits, I will describe what happens. Oh, it's not looking promising. Not looking promising. 16. That was higher than Marcus's attack. That will hit. So when the lance hits the shark creature, the sparks unform from the lance and spread across the body of the target, burning them with radiant light, looking like sparks sort of embedded in cloth or something like that. And it burns until the end of Maya's next turn, causing the target to glow where it's been hit. And so I have cast Guiding Bolt, which do you want me to read you mechanically what it does? The first attack against it, the next attack against it by someone before the beginning or end of your next turn has advantage. Yes, the next attack roll made against it. But I will do the damage, which is pretty... Oh my gosh, that's horrible. I, I, I rolled two ones and two twos. So that is six damage. Oh, oh no. That was my 46. It's very, very sad. It was so epic. How could my dice do that to me? I got pumped when you were casting your spell. I was like, yeah. Right? <laughs> oh well. It is what it is. Day is turning to night, and Liana, Cain's wife, the goddess of starlight, does take dominion for a time. Which does mean that as the ex-wife and who sometimes has marital spats with Cain, she might lessen his power. With that, Kalina, it's your turn. Are you going to move back 15 feet so that you are by Marcus? So I kind of need to ask, how does Buttercup look running towards the shark? Like, does it look like a natural two-year-old running? Or does it look like she's running on her feet like... Uh, someone that that young should be able to run at? Well, I think you have to ask Alice. Josh, I was like, how realistic is that? So is she basically, uh, like, uh, flying through the air? I don't think that Alice really understands child locomotion. I don't think that he pays particular attention. So I assume that she is running like an adult would. But uh, looking as innocent and cute as ever. To see this baby running like a Saint Bolt. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think so thirty feet. Move her. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely does not look like she's a natural baby running. Maybe she's under a spell. Uh, but <laughs> Vanessa's running the other direction, screaming. And Buttercup's cries. Can I still hear Buttercup's, uh, Buttercup's cries behind me? Or is Vanessa drowning it out? Vanessa might be drowning it out. I will let you take a free perception check to try and differentiate the sounds. Yeah, let's try that first. Uh, 17. You can definitely hear what sounds like Buttercup crying behind you. But you can also see something that looks like Buttercup running. 
Okay, and I'm trying to remember. Uh, how far is Marcus from me right now? Marcus is 15 feet from you. Okay, so Kalina will like see the buttercup run by and take like a step forward, like so, like one step forward and real, then hear the buttercup behind her and hope this is not the real one. Uh, and then we'll stand probably to Marcus's right in front of him and just ready a grapple action if the thing comes into rage. And with that, it is the creature's turn. So, uh, Disco, remind me, what is the check for determining if Minor Illusion is real or not? It would be an, in, uh, an investigation check against my spell save DC, which is 14. So what's going to happen is you will see the creature break out into a stride. And as it does, this it is moving with a supernatural grace. It, its feet impacting the ground and just pushing up and bounding. And as it does, it is going to make an attack roll against the Buttercup illusion as it is still barreling towards you guys. Its claws are going to go right through where the illusion's torso is. And you see it almost pause, like it glances back, seeing that its claws didn't connect through. And this is its investigation check. It got a 15, so it is going to realize that why its claws did not connect is that it is... that that is not real, and it is going to barrel towards your party. If you guys are 65 feet from it, and it took that action to discern, uh, to investigate, it is going to be 25 feet from Marcus, Kalina, and Sylvie. It moves 40 feet per round. That, we are at the top of the initiative order. Sylvie, the creature is 25 feet from you. Sylvie's going to look over at Kalina and Marcus and say, so we're going to kill this thing, right? And she's going to move towards it. I guess she's just going to walk all the way up to it. If you attack, you have advantage. Yep, Sylvie's going to attack. She's going to take her quarterstaff and just try and whack it over the head. So as you are moving towards it, as you close the distance with the creature, you begin to see it more clearly. Tattered clothing clings to this hulking, gray-scaled form of a creature, an amalgam of a man and a shark of some kind. Though the clothing is ripped and threadbare in places, it does hold together over the creature's bulging muscles and contorted form. This creature... You can even see, coming off of its elbows and its joints, small blade-like or fin-like protrusions. But as you close the distance, the most terrifying thing of it is its mouth. Beneath its head, where you think its neck should be, is instead its mouth. Or mouths. Three horizontal shark-tooth-filled maws stacked on top of each other like three horizontal lines. And as they bristle open, salivating, a fourth opens, bisecting the three as the creature lets out a clicking roar as you close the distance towards it. 
Roll your attack. Ashen save us, good lord. Oh, that was uh, not great. Remember, you have advantage. Oh, yeah. That was better. 12 plus 6, 18? That will hit. That's also not great. 5 damage. She's a little bit stunned by this thing standing in front of her. But then as a bonus action, she's going to unarmed strike. So she's going to bring the quarterstaff down and hit it, but not great. And then she's going to like elbow it in the side or attempt to. 25? That will hit. And just a question. Are you doing an unarmed strike or are you doing spending a key point and using flurry of blows to make two unarmed strike as a bonus action? I think she's really thrown off by this thing, so she's just going to unarmed strike at this point. Okay. Another six damage with her elbow. So as you strike into it, first with your quarterstaff and then bring it up and smash into it with your fist, you feel the vibration of your attack sort of dissipate out across it as if it is not as effective as you would think. Normally, when you would punch something, you would feel the break and crush of bones. You'd feel a bruise begin. This thing's hide is hard. Marcus, it's your turn. Sylvie is directly engaged with the creature. She stands right in front of it. With it closer to you, though, you do notice that you think that the tattered clothing that clings to this creature resembles vaguely the colors and design of a guard's tunic. You did not turn him into a shark monster! Well, shit. Alright, well, Marcus is just gonna yell at Kalina, go on in and I'll flank him. And then I'm going, how far away is it from me right now? It is 25 feet from you. I'd like to go take about 10 or 15 about 15 of my movement and kind of try to get on its flank if it's possible would you like to use your cunning action to do a bonus action dash so that you have 60 feet of movement to play with this turn yeah that's fine i just don't want it to i actually you know what never mind because i have an ability that would uh help me out with that sure i will want to do bonus action dash and move 30 feet trying to get behind it as best I can. Without coming within like 10 feet of it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can totally do that. I I don't want none of that stuff. I don't want no mouths. You'll use your full movement and you'll use a portion of your dash to get around it. Fantastic. And then I'm just gonna draw the bow again. And I'm just gonna try to initiate some damage. Oh, it's with advantage, isn't it? Because it's still... Allie, uh, Guiding Bolt, it's only the first attack, right? I'm pretty sure. But let me just... It doesn't matter because I rolled a natural 20. But... Alright, well, there you go. Let's go. Um, Sneak attack doesn't get doubled, right? I'm 100% or 90% sure it does not. No, it does. Okay. Alright, well, let me just do this. When you double, you double all the dice related to the attack. Correct. So, that's... That'd be six dice in total, then. No. That'd be eight dice in total. Right? 
It'll be six dice because you have what's your bow's damage? One d six. So one d six plus two d six from the normal sneak attack, plus another one d six for weapon crit, plus another two d six for sneak attack critting. For a total of six dice. Had right the first time. All right. That's good. That's good. It is eighteen points of piercing damage. Your arrow will fly, and this time it will embed itself, actually, into the creature's back, and it cry out as it sort of bends backwards. Sylvie, you see its mouths open and bristle wide, a stench and just this noxious steam rising from it into the cold air as it roars in agony. It's now Vanessa's turn. She is going to dash a full distance again. Well, she'll move 30 more feet, throw open the door, and run into her house. So she is now inside the house. Alice, it's your turn. I would like to move to the door. Okay. Wait, um, how far is the door from where I am? How many feet? The door is 30 feet from you. Oh, it is. So you would be at about a hundred feet from the creature. So right now, how far I am from the creature? Right now, you're seventy feet from the creature. Perfect. So I'm going to raise my hand, which you know I usually cast with a wand. So this seems a little bit different. And the long cloaked sleeve kind of like pulls back as like the full effect of his glass. Skin really shows. You know, he doesn't really show it in public that often, so this is kind of strange for him. And it's going to slowly glow with light until that light becomes aggressive and fires off out of his hand. And I will cast a guiding bolt at this creature. It's an 18 plus 6, so I believe I hit. That will hit. <laughs> this is the party of fireworks. Yes, precisely. So that will be 4d6. Let's see. Not too bad. I got 1 1, so that'll be 13 damage. And once again, this kind of light will stay on the creature and give the next person advantage. Your bolt flies out and smashes into the creature, probably catching it on one side of its head, brightly illuminating. And what else would you like to do? I will use my movement to stand guard at the door. So now you are, let's say, 95 feet from it. Indeed. Maya, it is your turn. Maya utters the same prayer as before, and it has a similar effect, and that is a 17 to hit. That will hit. Nine damage. A little better than last time. Your bolt will sing true, and this one will in, will strike the creature on the other side of its head. And as it rears back, Kalina, it is your turn. Wait, we'll see Sylvia, but it's like, Sylvia, what are you... Ah. And then she'll run, like, just bull rush the creature and try and kind of sideswipe it with her knife as she runs to its, uh... Sylvie's on her right, on the right side of it, right? Or are you kind of in front of it? Sylvie went straight for it. And Marcus went left? Marcus is behind it, at a distance, so he can shoot it with arrows. So would I have enough movement to run on its left side swipe it. There is 25 feet of distance between you and the creature, so you will have five more feet after that. Tomato will try and will just run, swipe it on its its right, so run to the left of it, like 
try and get as close as she can in between it and Marcus. Kind of try and slash at it with her knife on the way through. And the guiding bolt hit, right? So I have advantage on this? Yes, you do. 15. That will hit. Six points of piercing damage. As your knife slices into it, you realize that its hide is very thick and it's hard to get through and it doesn't deal as much harm as you would expect. And with that, it is the creature's turn and it is going to make two attack swipes. The first swipe it is going to make at Sylvie. Does an 18 hit you? Yeah, it does. The creature is going to rake its claws down across you for 10 points of slashing damage. Ouch. And then the second attack, it is going to swipe at Kalina. Does a 14 hit you? Question for that. I don't have my armor right now, right? Did you wear your armor out? Uh, with the rush of last night, she probably didn't have time to put it on. All right, uh, 14 hits. The creature's other claw will swipe out, raking across you for nine points of slashing damage, Kalina. All right, I'm going to try and parry that. Okay, so I got a five, so plus four is I prevent nine damage. You negate the damage coming in, but you have used one of your superiority dies. As the creature's razor-sharp claws rip through the air and sink into Sylvie, sending a spray of blood across the scene, as this blood flies, a predatory gleam alights in the creature's eyes, which are located at the far sides of its head. And as the creature pulled back its arm to swipe at Kalina, you saw attached to the creature's upper bicep by a fraying leather strap a wicked-looking blade crafted from what appeared to be a femur bone and many vicious, jagged shark teeth that ooze a reddish ichor. Sylvie, it's your turn. Okay, Sylvie's gonna kind of stumble a little bit from that that the pretty intense swipe. Can she line up with Kalina so that she's on one side of the creature and we're flanking? Sure. Right, she's gonna do that then, and then she's going to hit it again with her quarterstaff, or attempt to. Twelve? That will just meet this unarmored creature's. Oh, great. I mean, he kind of feels a little bit armored. I don't know. Eight damage with the quarterstaff, and then she's going to take a deep breath and focus herself, and then spend the key point to do flurry of blows. And so she's going to hit, attempt to hit again with one of her fists, is an 11, so that does not hit. That will not hit. And then instead of taking the second strike, she's going to put a hand over her heart and use hand of healing on herself. Five points of healing for herself, so you kind of see just a subtle glow from where her hand sits on her chest. She looks... The bleeding slows down maybe just a little bit. As you put your hand onto your chest and begin to heal, the creature, it almost looks like it's scenting your blood in the air. Marcus, it's your turn. Is it possible for me to try to get this creature's attention somehow with a yell or something like that? You can definitely try. Do I need a roll for that or just... Tell me what you think would get its attention. Your bolts to the back didn't seem to get much of its attention, even though they probably hurt it quite a bit. To be honest, there's one still embedded in its back. 
Um, would I know that shark? Look, see, that's the thing. Sharks aren't attracted to scent of blood. We learned that the last week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darn. Darn this newfound knowledge of mine. Unfortunately, uh, you're not you're not seeing it from the front, so you're not seeing that this one is smelling the blood. Nah, whatever. I'm just gonna just scream out, uh, hey, ugly! And it's gonna take a shot with my bow. That is a dirty 20. That will hit. Man, this plus six is really saving my bacon here. That is gonna be 11 points of piercing damage. So as your arrow catches it in the back this time, those of you to the front, you see the creature rear up, and the creature is going to use a reaction. With blood dripping from its wounds, its multi-part mouth will shudder and breathe in a great breath, and you feel almost as if the air is being devoured by this creature. And you see the last vestiges of fog that are still falling in the that are still being torn apart as the rain falls ripped and pulled dragged swirling into its maw and around its form before there's a brief detonation and the fog suddenly poofs outwards blocking Kalina and Sylvie's vision briefly for a moment Marcus you can't even see the creature inside there anymore but then there is a sudden sound of rushing air that is happening perhaps 60 feet from you, out in a field a bit farther from you, and you see the fog suddenly explode out there and the creature form, and it begins to run, breaking out into a stride, charging across the farm fields. It appears to be fleeing from this confrontation. And it's running in the direction of the hatchery, the poorest part of town. There's so many people there. Are we following it? Can we catch up with it? I mean, it's lost. I don't think I can turn into a horse. Uh, just a question. Can Kalina see outside of this fog? As the fog sort of pushed out, you brief you didn't see it vanish. But the fog was gone by the time it appeared. Um, it's how far from us now? Okay. To be honest, distances, if we do move into a chase, I'm going to be handling different than just your straight movement speeds. So don't worry about movement speed disparity for catching up with this thing. We're going to be using modified chase rules. Marcus is going to yell out, Maybe it's going for Bortolo- Bortolomeo. Bortolomeo. Yeah, is that right? That's his name. We got to go after it. All right, well, let's go. But we can't leave Vanessa here. Well, it's not going to come back for her, I don't think. As long as we have it in our sights, she should be safe. But she should run for the guard. How do we know if it's alone? Oh, I don't know. Lena just yells like, damn coward, and looks for it. As you guys argue about this, you can see the creature. It is getting farther away from you. But you do see a couple people running from nearby farmsteads in your guys' direction. They shout, what's going on? Is everyone okay? Perhaps you could get them to look after Vanessa while you chase after this creature. You have the chance here. You could possibly end this threat once and for all. Will you pursue it? 
Think of everyone that has died. Think of Nike's ravaged form. Think of Vanessa. She is alive now. But if that thing continues to menace Merstwall, will she survive? The intelligence in that creature's eyes was wicked. It will learn. It will adapt. Will you be able to protect her next time? Will anyone be safe? Kalina won't even wait. She'll just bolt towards and just and just say, figure it out, and just chase the thing. Marcus is going to yell out to these people, watch Vanessa, and he's going to book it right after Kalina. Maria is hot on their heels. She remembers that Nike wasn't the only one who was murdered, even though she was the one on the list. So she's worried about the people that it might kill if it encounters in the hatchery, and if it runs through the streets, it will encounter a lot of people. Alice will use Miter Illusion to, like, leave a note for these people, like, in front of Vanessa's door. Like, there is a shark person on the loose, and it tried to kill Vanessa, so please watch her and be careful. And he will take off. It's just floating there. Like, the the message is just floating there. (laughs) I'm now just imagining this, like, glowing neon sign that suddenly appears. Yes, yes. Like Vegas, like with an arrow pointing into the house. Like, Vanessa, in here. Protect. Ding, ding. The light, like, goes across it, reading it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it starts at one side and, like, moves, like, going into the house. So, yeah, precisely. Excellent. So we would have taken off right, or, right with Kalina. Okay. So, some quick rules to run over as this next part begins. First and foremost... A chase has begun. So this means that there's no opportunity attacks that can be taken by either the pursuer or those that are pursued. They can't take opportunity attacks against each other. We're going to be doing a series of skill checks that are going to be involved in this contest, and they're going to change depending on the environment that the chase happens within. For example, as you are crossing these fields to catch up with it, you're going to be making strength athletics checks. These are going to represent using your endurance to run through the fields, to jump over crops and try to close the distance. Well, once you get to the cramped streets of the hatchery, we'll be using dexterity acrobatics checks to represent using your flexibility and maneuverability to get around various obstacles and cramped quarters of the hatchery. For these skill checks, you will have a bonus chase modifier based on your speed. Everyone that has a 30-foot movement speed has a plus zero to the chase. But for every five feet beyond 30, they get a plus four modifier. So Sylvie being the only one that has a speed higher than 30 will have a plus eight because she has 40. To note, because there's people that say can use their bonus action to dash or they can use key points to make use their bonus action to dash, Marcus, he has his cunning action, which means he can use the bonus action dash, and Sylvie with Step of the Wind can spend a key point to use her bonus action to dash. This is going to equate to advantage on the skill check on any turn in the chase that they use their bonus action to dash. Meaning that they will have dashed with their first action and then bonus action dashed. As I said earlier, we're not going to be dealing with direct movement speeds, though that gets dealt with in the roll. Rather, we're going to be discussing distances during this chase through gaps. So this is basically, imagine the distance between the pursuer and the pursued. The gaps sort of operate as a bit of a nebulous form of space, and this is 
really to just avoid the really dull mechanics in the, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, in which someone who moves 30 feet never really has a chance to catch someone who, say, moves 35 or 40 feet. Ultimately, the checks that are made are going to determine one of three outcomes. Does the pursued increase the distance by one gap? This will happen only if no one gets within five of their roll. All of your pursuit checks are against their roll for that round. So they increase the distance if they have succeeded by five or more, meaning you guys have rolled really low. The gaps will stay the same if neither side really succeeds, and you will gain a gap if you ever get five more than the creature, closing the distance between you. You're probably wondering how you actually end a chase if you can't do opportunity attacks when you're within five feet of the thing. Anytime that you end your turn, so you've used your dash action, and there are no gaps between you and who you are pursuing, then you will be able to make a free attack action. This goes into ending the chase. Of course, the pursued will succeed if they escape. They escape by accruing a certain number of gaps. The fact that they've escaped doesn't mean that you can't find them, though. It doesn't mean you can't keep following them. They seem to leave a very obvious trail wherever they go. On the other hand, you guys win if you can ever clear all the gaps and get it to stop running, be that kill it or subdue it somewhere. So, we are going to begin. So, when I ask for pursuit checks... What I'm wanting is I'm going to want everyone in the party to tell me what they've rolled. And we're going to go in order. So to begin, the creature is two gaps in front of the party. So everyone is two gaps behind them. As the chase commences, the creature seems to be making a beeline for the far end of the fields, perhaps heading towards the ocean, its stride carrying it forward. The order for this chase's initiative will be the creature, so that you always know what you're rolling against, then Sylvie, then Marcus, Kalina, Alice, and lastly Maya, as determined by your movement speeds, then your speed capabilities, and finally your dexterity score modifiers that were then used to break the ties. Can I ask a question? Yes, please ask any questions you have. Okay, so you said that based on our speed, we have a modifier, and mine's only 30 feet, so I will have a plus zero modifier. But if you ask for an athletics check, I should still add my my athletics modifier. Yes. But nothing else on top of that. Yes. So in this case, throughout this whole chase sequence, because Sylvie has... 40 feet of movement and therefore a plus 8 to this, that is a plus 8 modifier on top of either her athletics or acrobatics dependent on the situation to represent her already moving faster than you guys and therefore being able to handle the situation better. Perfect. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a modifier in place of the other modifier. It's a miscellaneous bonus modifier. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, so I've got one question about my action surge and how we'll operate with this. If you use your action surge, that means then you can take another full action, which means you could take a dash. So any turn that you take your action surge to do an extra dash, you can have advantage on the roll. Okay. Sound fair? Yep. Just want to make sure. I forgot you had action surge. I should have written that in there. <laughs> so bounding across the fields, the creature's powerful strides carry it over and through the field crops, leaving a clear and wide trail of pursuit. 
You see it smash into a fence erected, dividing two fields, splintering the wood into a rain of tiny pieces. Luckily for you, this means one less obstacle in your pursuit. So, to start us off, I am so sorry. The creature got a nat 20. So, athletics, it got a 35. Oh, nice. Uh, So it got a 35. So now if I can have your strength athletics checks as you make your way across this. Sorry, Cass, one more question. Um, Exhaustion, would we still have disadvantage on this? I was hoping no one would remember that. Just that I wouldn't have to make any comment and could say I had forgotten about it. You guys do have exhaustion, so you do have disadvantage. Sorry, guys. Oh, my first roll was sinking. Hmm. Uh, 13. Oh, no. We're not. Oh, you don't want to hear from me yet. You want to hear from Sylvie first. I'm so Sylvie first. Sorry. Okay. So we're adding athletics modifier and then also that plus eight. Yes. That plus eight. Okay. But you do have disadvantage unless you use your key point for step of the wind. Okay. Well, I didn't use my key point, but I did roll really well this time. So 17 plus three plus eight, which is, I don't know, math. 28. Marcus. Alright, I'm going to try to understand what's going on right now, in a mathematical sense. So I, I roll for the athletics check, right? Yes, roll strength athletics. And I can use my bonus action. Yeah, you currently have disadvantage, unless you use your cunning action to dash as well. Then you will have just a straight flat roll. So it's just the athletics, that's only an 11. Kalina. 13. Alice. Will be an 11 plus, oh, minus one, rather. So that would be a 10. Maya. 13. As you're sort of coming together a bit more as a group, you don't gain momentum, and the creature does get one gap further from you. But it's not lost. You can still see it in the distance. You see the creature. It bounds over a ditch and into the thin tree line that divides these farming fields from the back of the hatchery likely intending to lose you in its narrow, twisting streets. But before you can catch up with him, you'll need to clear the stitch and navigate the tree line. Okay, this was a much better roll on its side for from your guys' perspective. It got a 20 total. Sylvie, your next strength athletics check. Great, you have disadvantage. Okay, uh, 2 plus 8 plus 3 is not good. 13 total? Yeah, yep. I think that's how the math works. Marcus. I'm going to use my bonus action to dash to make a straight roll. Still a 10. Kalina. Uh, So since I got further, I'm going to burn my action surge. (laughs) So my straight roll was 19. 24. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, I got a 19 and a 7. That will be a 6 for Alice. (laughs) Maya. Well, Kalina is going to maintain the gap between it and the creature, pulling ahead of you guys. But the rest of you will slow a bit. You stumble as you attempt to clear this ditch. Perhaps one of you falls and the others attempt to help them up. But you guys do fall behind one more gap. So the creature is four gaps from you, three gaps from Kalina. As you break through the tree line ahead of you, 
and ahead of the creature are semi-permanent structures, built huddled against the ramshackled and run-down buildings of the hatchery, perhaps the worst place in all of Merstwall. For while the furnace may be a sentence of pain, exhaustion, and in some cases torture, the hatchery is often a sentence of a slow, unnoticed, and uncaring death. Following the creature, the first things you will notice as you enter the outskirts of the hatchery are the smells of urine, feces, rot, and unwashed bodies. Those in Wall Town who care little for the plight of the poor explain this away as the smell carrying from the nearby tanneries, but anyone who has been to the hatchery knows differently. Here, those deemed unwanted and unworthy, such as, in some cases, the elderly, the sick, and the less fortunate. They eke out a hard-scrabbled existence, with little standing between them and death. You see as the creature smashes through an encampment of fabric tents, one man is flung aside to land with a sickening crunch. Others, they scramble out of the creature's way as it tears a path of destruction through the outskirts of the hatchery, through impermanent buildings. Will you close the distance? Because you guys are now entering an area where flexibility and maneuverability are at their most needed, we'll be conducting our pursuit checks with acrobatics instead of athletics. Pursuit checks, everyone. The creature rolled. That is only a 17. Sylvie. Great. Okay. Well, Sylvie has a much better acrobatics than she has strength. So 8 plus 8, 16 plus 6 is 20, 20 something. Did you say 18 plus 6? Yeah. Uh, 24. Plus 16 plus 6, right? Oh, 16 plus 6, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Marcus. All right. I'm going to bonus action dash to make it a straight roll. Yes! Natural 20. Excellent. Nice. I'm so hyped. That's a 24. Kalina. 16. Don't worry, that's still within 5, so you will not lose distance against the creature. Alice. See, this is a 1 or a 4. It's a 4, so that will be a 4 plus 1. So a 5. We got a 5 this time. Maya. 11. <laughs> Sylvie. Marcus, you'll begin to gain more momentum. You match Kalina's distance behind the creature as it darts into the hatchery. On the other hand, Alice and Maya, you're beginning to flag even further behind. The creature darts between two buildings into an alleyway, smashing more than one supporting beam of a nearby structure in the process. Now, the buildings in the hatchery, they may have once been nice. It can be rather hard to tell even in the best of lights. But throughout the hatchery, there are many permanent structures, and even more temporary ones. Not all of the two-story structures are sound. Nearly all of them, at least anything that's more than one story, has been propped up by long wooden beams set at an angle to stop the building from collapsing. These beams often make the road impassable to all but foot traffic, which quite often some enterprising individuals will use these beams to sling fabric across to make tents, which unfortunately 
did not do much to keep the elements out, but it's better than nothing. It's gotten so bad that in some alleys, individuals have even made use of the building sides, and these to build almost temporary dwellings that completely block alleyways off, as if they are building tiny little houses between these poles. But at least it's better than tents. So as this creature smashes into these supporting beams, continuing forward, the wall of this building that you are coming up on, it begins to sag and tumble outwards. Screams ring out from those within. Another testament to this creature's disregard for life and the wake of terror and pain that it is leaving it as it passes. Are you guys going to let it get away with this? Can you close the gap? You must navigate this new obstacle. Pursuit checks, everyone. Sylvie. It is going to, this time, get a 18. Oh my god. I rolled both a natural 1 and a natural 20. Okay, um, so a 1 plus 8 plus 6. So, not great. Doesn't have Sil- doesn't Sylvie have some kind of ability that she could use to not have disadvantage? She can spend a key point, but I don't have that many of them. And if we're going to try and kill this thing after we catch up with it, in theory... Fair. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So a 15. Mm-hmm. You're still within five of the creature, so you're not going to lose distance. And the creature's not going to gain. Marcus. Same old, same old. I'm going to go ahead and bonus action dash to make it an even roll. And that is... And 11. Total? Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Acrobatics. Thank you, thank you. 11 plus 4 is is 15. 15. Same as Sylvie. Kalina. Well, I got a 13 and 12 instead of a 12 and 11, uh, so I got (laughs) acrobatics, right? Yep. Uh, 18. Wait, sorry, 12 plus 6, yeah, 18. Excellent. Alice. I rolled a 19 and a 20. So that will be a dirty 20. Nice. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I can roll good, I promise. I promise. Maya. I feel like I've had two 11s in a row, so... If I do better or worse. I'll roll the net one, and then I have a minus one acrobatics, so that's a zero. Definitely worse than 11. Sylvie, Marcus, and Kalina, you will maintain your distance, keeping up with the creature as it goes. Alice, you also maintain your distance with the creature. You don't fall behind it. Maya, on the other hand, as more of the building tumbles out and you, you're caught a bit, but torn between do you help these people or do you pursue the creature? And in that split moment, you almost slip and stumble on some of the rubble but you're able to get your feet back under you and continue onwards. As you guys charge across the hatchery, the creature leaving destruction in its wake, you realize that it is turned and it's taking alleyways as if it knows this area quite well. You're coming to the end of the twisting alleyways of the hatchery. You can see the creature make a break down what may have at one point been a usable road. It bulldozes through anything that you see gets in its way. As you follow in hot pursuit, you pass a group of old men sitting on barrels drinking rot-gotten moonshine. 
A moon beast! I was right! It is the moon people! Benny! Benny! Did you see it? It was a moon beast! A moon beast, I tell you! Now everyone will listen to my warnings! We will halt the coming of the age of the moon! As Longstep's words echo behind you, you see the creature making a break for the bridge that divides the hatchery from the southern forest. These next few moments may be your last chance before it escapes to the cover of the trees. But before you can reach it, you'll need to clear the last bits of debris and what looks like a pretty big pile of refuse. Pursuit checks, acrobatics. It will get... a 13. Sylvie. Great, surely I can beat that, right? Okay. Just have to beat it by five or more and you can get closer. Great, I got an 11 plus 8 plus 6, so I think I did that. Oh, yes, you did. That's 25. Marcus. That is 17. Excellent. Kalina. Man, I thought I felt bad. Uh, 13. That's 17. Yeah, I got 13. Alice. Really badly. Did you do a zero? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, it's a four. It's a four. (laughs) Not so bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a zero. It's not a zero. It could be worse. (laughs) Yeah, you could be Maya. Better than death. Maya, what did you get? Well, as Disco says, whatever it is, it'll be better than death. That's a two. Two better than death. (laughs) So with that, Maya will slip further behind. Alice will slip further behind. Sylvie will begin to close the distance. And Marcus and Kalina will keep the distance with the creature. As you break out of the hatchery, you see that only a short sprint of cleared land now stands between you and the creature. It stands between you, the creature, and the disused and in quite need of repair Tannery Bridge. The tannery bridge blends into the landscapes, the colors of its stone appearing natural and at home on the riverbank. The bridge is very old. It was built long before the even functional prison colony was being worked on, perhaps from one of the original colonies 200 years ago. The bridge is rough-hewn and made of the familiar native rock of the island. This bridge, it rises slightly above the water, not leaving much room for the surge of the river. Perhaps this is why it's in such disrepair. That and the fact that few travelers will cross the bridge because it goes into the forest, the southern forest, the forest closest to the mist wall. But the creature seems intent to make it across. Will you push yourself to close the gap? With this relatively flat terrain here, We will briefly switch back to athletics for this pursuit check. So with athletics in mind this time... Wow, that's really lucky for you guys. It rolled almost a 1. It got an 18. Oh, good lord. I thought it was going to clear the distance, but it has a a decently high athletics. Sylvie. Okay, well, doing good. Okay, 2, 10, 13. Marcus. Bonus action. It's athletics this time, right? Athletics this time. Man, I'm just really rolling these 17s. So, love it. 17 total? Yeah, 15 plus 2. Kalina. Uh, I keep getting upset. I keep getting like a 17 natural and then a 12. So, I got a 17 total. Alice. 
Well, I rolled two 12s, so that'll be a 13. I mean, um, sorry, an 11. <laughs> Maya. All right. I want you to know that consistently, I roll one really good one. That's four. I apologize to everyone. Does Maya have a point of exhaustion? Because she did get to sleep some the night before. It was just Sylvie... Kalina and Marcus, who stayed up. If I remember correct, I gave them short rests because of the yes, because of the, the nightmare. Yeah. yeah, the dream. Or, yeah, nightmares. Better term. Made it a not restful sleep. Right. I wish. I wish I was not exhausted. For a brief moment, I was like, "Oh gosh, this could have the distances could have been so different." Maya could have done so much better. It's probably as the main pack of you is going to start moving across the bridge that Maya and Alice are passing by old man Longstep, who's still yelling about how he saw a moon beast. Oh, hey, old man Longstep. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Did you see the moon beast? Yes, we're trying to kill it. Stab it with petrified wood. <laughs> really? Do you have any? <laughs> as soon as the first of you reach the bridge, as soon as your feet hit the stone of the bridge, you realize that it is slippery. Dangerously slippery in the rain. This is caused by just the natural polish of the stone, but also the overgrowth of moss that's growing across the bridge. You can just barely make out at the far end of the bridge as the creature clears in sort of a jump. At the end that's closest to the Mistwall Forest, several stones that have entirely dropped out of the bottom that leave a gap that travelers would normally have to step very carefully around, likely while staring down, mesmerized, at the waters that pass underneath it, as if keeping an eye on the river will probably stop it from surging and claiming them. Unfortunately for you, this is a breakneck chase, and you'll have to maneuver that gap pretty quickly. Pursuit? check acrobatics this time so the creature see how low he rolls Ooh, got another low roll you guys might be able to clear and get closer to him that is a 16 sylvie 18 plus 6 so 24 marcus bonus action again dash again it's 11 total kalina uh, look, I had to run out eight. Alice. Can we, like, use druidcraft to make the moss, like, grow more so I have more of, like, a texture to my footing, like, as I go? Hmm. Normally what I'd say is that you wouldn't be able to gain a gap if you want to try and cast a spell this turn. Uh, but you'll definitely be able to maintain the amount of gaps you have. Cool. Because you won't be able to dash. Cool. So should I roll? Yeah. And then let's say that you don't have disadvantage on this roll doing that. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that didn't help me at all. That will be a 10. <laughs> Maya. Do, does Maya benefit at all from this grippy moss as she follows behind Alice? Sure. Druidcraft doesn't go away. <laughs> sure. All right. You are behind him. Can I roll without disadvantage? Sure. Okay. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's a 19 and I only have a minus one. So it's an 18. I didn't do horribly. 
Wow, you actually got higher than the creature. Right? See, some of my rolls are really, really good. Just the the disadvantage kills me. Understandable. Ooh, Sildi, you are only one gap behind the creature. On the other hand, Marcus maintains. Kalina falls a little bit further behind. And Alice will... Alice and Maya are basically the same. Bringing up the rear. For comical effect, if Sylvie is only one gap away from the creature, how far back are Alice and Maya? <laughs> well, realistically, you probably are maybe now getting to the Tannery Bridge. <laughs> I don't want to do this in disparate stages, but you're a decent ways behind them. We're pretty far back. Okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alice, we should practice running more, less sewing in the evenings. Yeah, um, maybe we should sleep without nightmares sometime. Uh, that might help. Oh, yeah. Good point. I'm really tired. With the bridge behind you and the forest ahead of you, you see the creature make for the trees and the darkness beyond. This is going to be your last chance, Sylvie, before it gets into the forest. Now, this is a flat distance, so I would normally say athletics. But, for this last one, I will have the creature use athletics. You can use acrobatics if you'd like. This goes the same for any of you. You can choose to use athletics or acrobatics for this last bit creature only got a 19. Sylvie, it's your turn. Oh, no pressure or anything. Sylvie's definitely going to use acrobatics because she's better at that. All right, it's not too bad. 7 plus 6 plus 8. I'm bad at math. 21. Marcus. What is acrobatics? Bonus action dash to get a flat roll. 19. Kalina. So uh, I now feel Allie's pain. I got an 18. And an eight, which brings up to eight, nine, twelve, fifteen. Alice. Well, out of four, I thought couldn't be worse, but then I got a two. So that will be a three. Maya. Well, I rolled a five twice, so I don't feel bad about having disadvantage. But that will be a seven as I'm using athletics. Cass, I need a crit. Mine, it's fourteen, not fifteen. I miss. Bad at hard. So, Sylvie won't close that gap. There's still some distance between you and the creature, and it makes its break into the forest. As it does, you suddenly realize that if you pursue it into the forest, there's no telling if your friends are going to find you. Are you going to stop? Are you going to, or are you going to continue to chase it? Sylvie's not going to stop. Oh, I'm so sorry. As the creature has been making its way through the hatchery, it has been leaving a clear trail of destruction. So it's probably safe to assume that it will leave a pretty distinct one through the forest as well. But we'll have to see. Alice and Maya, you are the ones that make up the last to step off the tannery bridge. Just as you're stepping off the bridge onto the forest side... You almost feel the air begin to fill with sudden charge. The hairs on your bodies 
stand on end, and there's a brief smell of ozone that fills the air. You hurl yourselves forward as a bolt of lightning seethes from the heavens and strikes the bridge. There's a deafening crack as the stones from the bridge tumble into the river below, and the closest end, the badly damaged part of the bridge, collapses completely into the river. There is no turning back for your group. Oh my god. Maya chuckles kind of nervously, looks at Alice and says, Oh, okay, so now the moon's attacking us directly? Did, did you, uh, did you have any petrified wood we might use? Um, no. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I have some wood. I can, let's, we can let's. petrify it really quick. <laughs> um, do I get the sense that this lightning is magic of some kind, or was it natural? Give me a perception check. Marcus and Kalina, you guys hear the lightning bolt happen behind you. Sylvie, you've probably made it into the trees, so you're only going to hear some muffled lightning. So you're not probably not going to realize. Marcus and Kalina, are you guys going to stop and look back? Are you going to go back to check on your friends, or are you going to continue following Sylvie? Did Sylvie run in? Oh, Sylvie's run in, but she can see in the dark. Yeah, Kalina will be dumb and keep bolting after Sylvie. Okay, can I? Can you roll me a dexterity saving throw? Uh, cool, two fourteens. That's uh, eighteen. Okay, you don't run straight headlong into a tree. Marcus, what about you? Are you going to stop and check out check at your friends behind you, or are you going to continue following Sylvie and the creatures? Clearly, very clear and apparent swath of destruction. You can see that it's very dark in the forest, and with the sun setting, you're almost out of light. You're going to need light either from a torch, which probably will go out in the rain soon, or light as provided by Maya. So, But they're like, Maya and them are, are very much far away from me, right? Realistically, with them off the edge of the bridge, but you not into the forest, because I don't want you guys to be so far away that no one can really help. They're probably like 40, 50 feet from you. Doodles. Oh, Leroy Jenkins. I'm gonna hope my training pays off. I'm gonna go in the forest. Okay. With everyone abandoning you two, Alice, what did you roll for your perception check? I got a dirty 20. You know that whenever magic controls the weather, there's usually some signs to it. And as you sort of look up, you almost think that the sky, the shape of the very storm above you is almost the shape of the creature's maw, but something even bigger and wider. I'm horrified. I will keep this information to myself. You get the distinct feeling that it's not like the creature did this, but maybe whatever kind of power is behind it. Yeah, I got that feeling. There's a, there's a big mama ship of, of sharks waiting for us. I feel it. I feel it. Kane, a little help with Hadoom in this storm? My first question is, Maya and Alice, are you two going to continue the race in your pursuit? Or are you going to stop and take this more methodically and slow? Can we see them anymore? 
Oh no, you can't see them, but you can see the swath of destruction. Bushes that have been torn up. Trees that have been, like, smashed as this creature has just barreled through. So you probably can follow its trail. Right. First thing Maya is going to do before we make any decisions about how we follow is uh, when she gets up off the ground where she flung herself because of the lightning, she will pick up a rock and cast light on it so that she can see. What color is the light you're going to create? Oh, I think I'm going to go for... Do that, like, salt lamp hue. You know, like, that salt lamp hue? Oh, yeah, a warm, comforting pinky orange. So for Maya and Alice, in the warm, pinky orange light of Maya's cane-blessed stone, the trail of the creature is clear before the two of you. Just to solidify what you guys are going to do, are you going to now run, or are you going to follow it slower? either tracking it or using spells to find it. I think we should track it. I think we should track it. Yeah, I think this uh, wild chase really hasn't worked for me, so <laughs> a more methodical approach is probably called for. Precisely. Can't even see any of them anymore. Well, we can see the trail they left behind. Yes, let's follow it. I don't know why you need that light. It's so bright out right now, but I mean... Alice, I can hardly see. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Not Radiant Genasi eyes. I wish I could see like you did. Do. Like you do. Like I did? Am I I blind now? (laughs) I don't know. Are you? Alice, like, wanders blindly. No. No, I'm not blind. Did you get hit by the lightning? Yes, it blinded me. It's going to be even harder. No. (laughs) Roll with triple disadvantage. Yeah, I have triple, triple disadvantage now. But, you know, if I if you need me to turn into something that can track stuff eventually... Oh, good, I'm... I just gotta wild shape it out, so... Well, I'm glad we're still together. I would really hate to be over here by m- myself. I know, who, who would ever run in here alone? I'm so glad that Kalina and Marcus definitely stuck together, too. Yes, and Sylvie. I... Yeah, just... I'm glad they all stuck together. Okay, so we'll track them and we'll make sure... Whatever it is we're following doesn't lead us into the mist wall. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's make sure that doesn't happen. Okay. Well, uh, the path looks pretty clear. Shall we go? Onward. So, moving from that slower-paced scene to Sylvie, Marcus, and Kalina's pursuit of the creature... We are now into the small, cramped spaces of the forest. As this creature has to move through densely packed trees, scramble over rocks, thorny thickets. So we are going to be using acrobatics. If we come to clearings, we'll be using athletics. But this first is going to be an acrobatics pursuit check. Oh, Dear, it got a nat 20. So starting off the pursuit at any point, anytime we break between pursuits, it apparently gets really good rolls. So that's a 32. Sylvie. Great. Cool. Okay. I got a 28. So not too bad. 
That is really good because it means that you are within five of it, so it will not, the distance between you and it won't get bigger. I'm not currently convinced that that's a good thing, but, you know. Marcus. Bonus action dash. That is good in 11. And can I have a dexterity check from you? A dexterity saving throw. This is because with the really limited light and you're not very good night vision with this storm going on the lights even less to see if you trip over a anything 25 you're fine kalina uh uh so i got 21 total my other roll was better do i need to make the same thing yes you need to make the same thing because you are Going on pure instinct and the, like, split-second moment of seeing a shape form in front of you before you dodge out of the way. Ooh. Uh, dex save, right? Yes. Fourteen. So I had set the difficulty inside the forest at fifteen, so Kalina, you are going to drop out of the pursuit as you run straight into a tree, and you're going to be stunned for a little bit until... Sort of with everything swimming around you, maybe you even black out for a little bit until Alice and Maya catch up to you. Checking in with Alice and Maya. Mm-hmm. You guys have a pretty simple, like, it's a pretty decent path in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you guys have advantage on these checks, so you, to track it, so you have flat rolls. Can I please have straight, no advantage, no disadvantage, survival checks from both of you? Mm-hmm. Cass, did you say survival? Yes. I got 17. Oh, thank God, because I, I got a 7. <laughs> 1. I got an 8. Following this creature's trail is easy. You guys only have to get a 10 or higher at the moment. So the fact that one of you succeeded means that as Alice started to go off in the other path, which probably was a path made by a mist crawler at some point, Maya just sort of grabs your arm and re-corrects you and you continue forward. And just as you're getting a bit farther forward, you see almost at the very edge of your vision what looks like the form of someone laying at the base of a tree poleaxed. Oh no. And with that we will flip to one her With that we'll flip to the we'll flip to the creature with Sylvie and Marcus in pursuit. It's gonna continue to deftly dodge between trees as it continues to make its way through the forest. Seemingly, it knows where it's going. It's making almost a straight beeline, smashing through things like the Kool-Aid Man in those ads from when we were, when I was a kid. Hopefully, some of you were kids at that time too. But that I didn't just date myself a little bit more. And that fell out of my hands. So I'll take that roll. Uh, it got a dirty twenty. Sylvie, will you dash around trees, scramble over rocks? Will you close the gap in this pursuit? Well, only time will tell. Acrobatics check, right? Yes, acrobatics. Okay, so she rolled a 23. Marcus, it is your turn. It's going to be a 22. Excellent. And now can you give me a dexterity saving throw? Was it 15 was the save? Yes. Okay, guys. Literally, 
Thank you for plus six. <laughs> you got a 15? I got a 15 exactly. So you are almost clotheslined by a branch. You almost catches you full in the chest, but just at the last moment, you see it and dodge out of the way. Okay, so you guys are maintaining your distances. The creature is one gap ahead of Sylvie and three gaps ahead of Marcus. Alice and Maya, there is a form laying at the base of a tree. Was it a victim? Oh, no. Oh, not another one. Okay. Maya will approach and look for, you know, blood and tear marks and, like, doesn't expect it to be somebody she knows. So as you approach, you see the familiar form of Kalina. Kalina, when you struck the tree, I forgot to roll damage, you took two bludgeoning damage. Okay, cool. I was actually going to ask about that once they got to me. Oh, Kane, Alice, it's Kalina. Kalina's the victim? Yes. Oh. There's this cut that goes across her brow, clearly from where she has ran headfirst into this tree. I mean, is it really clear that it's from running headfirst into a tree? No, it's not. It could have been the claws of a vicious shark person. Can Maya... Is there a tooth in that cut? Oh, I don't see one. Can I roll a medicine check to see how badly injured Kalina is? Go right ahead. Oh, good, that's a six. Oh, she looks very injured. She doesn't look like she's near death, but she's very hurt. You're not sure if you should move the body. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, Alice, what, uh, what should we do? Don't worry. I'll, I'll fix this. Can I just walk up and, like, shake Kalina? Yes! Does that jar me awake? Kalina, pull yourself together. Don't but mess with Yakuza. Kalina, you are jostled awake as Alice shakes you. And as he says something that I actually didn't even catch. Uh, uh, uh hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. So, like, grab his hands and, like, get off. Like, uh, uh, and then, like, touch her. Like, Alice, you did it. I told you I'm a great doctor. Doctor? Uh, where's... Uh, shit. Where's Sylvie? What happened to you? Oh, I ran into the, I ran into this thing, but that's fine. Where, where's Sylvie? She, she ran in by herself. Where's Marcus? Uh, I don't, I don't know. We- Alice will point to the trail they've been following that way. Shit, wait, wait, wait. We need to catch up. Sylvie's, by, oh, oh my God, Sylvie's by herself. And Kalina will get up and just start trying to walk, slip, fall, just like, ah. Uh, fault. Then gets up. It's like, okay, no more running. Lean on me. Uh, and she'll, she will. I'm just like, thank you. Oh, God. So, wow, we gotta hurry. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go as quickly as we can without getting lost. We gotta hurry. We gotta hurry. God. It'll kill her. Then she just kind of just starts muttering that over and over. It's like, gotta get to Sylvie, gotta find her she's gonna get killed She's you can tell she's very very terrified uh, very unusual we will move scenes to Sylvie in hot pursuit of the creature 
you break briefly from the tree lines into a bit of a clearing, into a bit of a flatter stretch, the rain pelting down upon you. This stretch is going to be a pursuit athletics check. The creature has gotten a total of 18. It rolled really badly. Will you catch it? Great, okay. At this point, I don't know that I... uh, Sylvie wants to, but I don't. 13, so... That is exactly five, so... We're going to keep you maintaining the distance. Marcus. Bonus action dash. Gonna be a tr- another 22. Excellent. Let's see about that dexterity saving throw. Uh, I rolled a natural one. Oh, okay. So I will describe what happens to you shortly. As Alice, Maya, and Kalina see it coming up behind you. Alice, Maya, Kalina, leaning on Maya, you continue to make your way following this trail of destruction, and you come to a clearing. As you come up and over the rise to this clearing, you see that the tall reeds have been flattened But partway through this clearing, you see, laying face down in the mud, Marcus. Marcus, all that actually happened to you was your foot caught a rock and you tripped and fell face first and have blacked out briefly. But your companions don't know that. They probably think you're dead. So you will take... Ah! Well, apparently the ground is worse than a tree. You're going to take six bludgeoning damage? You may have fallen onto some rocks. Yeesh. And you are now out of the running of this... Oh, chase. Chase. Can we see his back? It's not flayed open, right? Some of the reeds have fallen down onto him, crushed by the wind and the rain. You're slowly approaching his form. Oh, Cain. No. Not Marcus. Is that... Is that Marcus? Marcus? Another one. Kalina will lean off, fall, <laughs> like, strikes to stumble for a little bit, and then just, like, jog over to Marcus and just kind of, like, just pushes his body f- to the front. Marcus! Marcus! Please, please, please. Uh, uh, what? Well, my... What, well, what happened? Oh, oh you're okay. <laughs> mouth. Where's where, where's Sylvie? Where, where's Sylvie? Yeah, I don't know. I was I was following her. <laughs> Tired right now. I was following her, but I, I tripped over something. We we got us. Why are we sitting here talking? We need to get up. And go. Yeah. Can you walk? Can you walk? Well, you were sleeping, and we had to wake you up. So I appreciate. I appreciate you, Alice, but we gotta, we gotta scoot. We gotta get going. I, I can walk. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Kalina will again lean on Maya, just still not able to fully walk straight yet. Your party is going to continue moving, crossing this clearing and into the forest beyond. Sylvie, you're back in the woods, densely packed, weaving through the trees as this creature. 
but you can almost see the creature seems to be slowing down slightly. This is going to be an acrobatics pursuit. It's got a 24. I would just like to make a note that I would like us to turn around. Sylvie doesn't care, but I, I would have preferred. Does she turn around? Okay, she got a 20. Even though you didn't beat it by five, this is actually going to close the gap. This creature seems to almost be intentionally slowing down. You don't know why, but you've closed the gap with it, so you do have a chance to make an attack. You can make one attack action, which also can include your bonus action since you didn't use your bonus action to dash previously. Are you going to attack it, Sylvie? Yeah, I think she's going to take her quarterstaff and try and, like, hit it in the legs. Maybe make it stop running. It probably won't work based on everything we've learned about this creature so far. But, you know, she's nothing if not impulsive. So that's uh, 17 to hit. That will hit. And then that's 10 damage with the quarterstaff. And then she is going to... I think she's going to then use a key point to do flurry of blows. Okay. There's a 19 to hit for the first one. That will hit. Six damage with that, and then a natural 20 to hit with the second one, so that's a 26 to hit for the second. That will hit. And remember, it's double damage. Perfect. So then do I roll the die twice, or do I double what the die gets? You uh, roll the die twice. Great. Four plus four plus four. So then 12 damage with the second one. So as you close the distance and you begin to strike it, you notice that some of the spots where there were wounds on this creature before are gone. It has been healing this entire time. And it turns... And it will get 25 to hit you. Does that hit? Well, yeah, that hits. So as your last punch is extended, it's going to sweep in and grab your arm. And it's going to begin to lift you up off the ground. And as it does, you smell its awful breath. and You see its mouths sort of pull back and start to open wide. And then the creature seems to almost freeze. And you hear a voice. A voice you didn't expect to hear here. A voice of someone that you know is really kind. You hear the voice of Timaeus say, I don't want to do this. Quintal, don't, don't, don't hurt her. How much life do you have currently right now? Wow, currently I really hate that question. I have 19 hit points. Okay. Well, so this is lucky for you. It only deals 18 damage. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> As it sinks its teeth into you and then nonchalantly throws your body back. And you roll, falling back and satiated slightly on your blood and what it has probably the flesh it has torn from you it will turn and you almost see it's frozen in indecision as if there's something warring inside it trying to stop what's going on and then it will turn and begin to run 
away from you. With you so badly hurt, are you going to continue to pursue it? Or are you going to lie there? No, no, I think we finally uh, hit the max. So the chase is over. I imagine, yeah, yeah. With the chase complete, Sylvie, you lay there. Luckily, it didn't do one more damage, which then would have had you doing death saving throws. So we'll come back to what you want to do in the wake of what's just happened. Marcus, Kalina, Alice, Maya, you're making your way. You're weaving through trees, bobbing through things, and you're going to come up to Sylvie soon. Sylvie, in the meantime, between your friends arriving and you laying there, what are you doing? Can she use maybe, like, bits of clothing from whatever? I'm assuming a bunch of her clothes are ripped to staunch a little bit of the bleeding. Yeah, give me a medicine check. Great, I can do that. 18 plus 5, so 23. You start staunching a bit of the bleeding, and you even look around, and you see some moss that's a really good coagulant, and you reach up, agony steering through the side where the bite has been taken. The bite, basically, think of it looking almost like half of the symbol has been almost like gnawed into your side, and it ripped some flesh away, but it left a pretty considerable amount. You start gathering some of the moss, pulling it down where it hangs lower on the branches. Pain blossoms on your side, doubling you over, forcing a cry from your lips, but you're able to get some of it into the wound. Companions... You all hear Sylvie cry out in egg and pain. Sylvie, Sylvie. And Kalina will try and run, but... We gotta hurry. Can we hurry? Kalina just pushes off and tries to run, but she can't run right now. She just falls on her face. Sylvie. It's, you see her, like, just trying to crawl towards it, towards that location. Alice, Alice, you help Kalina. Sylvie sounds hurt. I've gotta go. And Maya is going to run off with the rock that makes light. I will... Marcus will run straight on ahead right after Maya. Does Alice leave Kalina? No, it is not. (laughs) Okay, so you guys come upon Sylvie. She is putting moss against a gaping, bleeding wound and trying to tie the tatters of her clothes that have been ripped. She has a large bruise running along one arm, but her side is covered in a massive bite mark. Oh, Sylvie. Kalina will, well, like edge Alice on <laughs> to get closer to her. Kalina's crying right at this point. She's just, you can see her like visibly crying, just a mess right now. Sylvia, are, are you okay? Maya, can you, can you do something for her? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, hang on. You're down how many hit points? I have a singular hit point left. She is really badly hurt. Okay. I am going to cast Cure Wounds as a second level spell. If you would like to determine exactly how many hit points you you should be giving her back, we could do it with a medicine check. Yeah, I will triage first, treatment after. 14. Okay. So, with that result, you know that it is higher than 15, but less than 30. Alright, sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to cast Cure Wounds as second level spell. Maya will kneel down next to Sylvie 
and put her hands over the bite mark and she'll say, First of the divine, through me, your servant, show us your mercy and compassion and heal this wound. And Maya, where she touches, these motes of gold appear and the gold sort of travels through her hands into the wound and it works slowly at healing it and as each golden moat expends its healing energy it disappears until whatever healing can be done has been done so that's 12 points of healing oh Maya <gasps> thank you Sylvie kind of looks at you with frantic eyes blinking pretty fast like she's coming back from the the edge of unconsciousness you're okay uh, that was not great we're here now you're okay as the healing works its way through sylvie's side it heals and knits a considerable amount but you can see that where the teeth definitely dug in making the symbol those marks remain sylvie what what do you know what happened to you? What you obviously ran into the creature, but what happened? Yeah, well, I, I caught up with him, and he had healed all the damage that we had done before. The wounds that he had already had were—they were gone. I didn't stop to consider that before I hit him again. I think that thing—it's Timaeus. Oh no! What? What makes you think that? He said something before he picked me up and almost bit me in half. He said he didn't want to do it. It sounded like he was talking to himself, but he said the name. Did he say Quintus? He said Quintil. Quintil. I don't know what that means, but... It was really strange. If he's still in there somehow, maybe we can... Maybe we can reach him. Maybe we can reason with him. Maybe there's some way to stop him. Fighting against him hasn't been incredibly effective, and we can't go back. The bridge is out. I guess we have to keep on moving forward then. Yeah, I think so. Maybe we should rest. I mean, obviously, we're done pursuing this creature. We should, maybe we should rest and rearmor ourselves if need be and then track the creature. Track Timaeus, I suppose. Yeah, Sylvia, I can help bandage up the, the rest of your wounds. And I think gathering together, having a bit of a rest coming up with some kind of a plan certainly leaves enough of a trail for us to follow yeah you're you're right i mean we have to rest we have to this chasing after him blindly is clearly not the way to go as you discuss this and as maya as you begin to go bandaging sylvie up more alice and kalina you're now there with the group for sure the rain begins to fall heavier the storm seems to be intensifying, and lightning and thunder crackle, and sound with booms across the sky. You're going to need some kind of shelter in the storm, or your rest is probably going to be worse 
than if you just carried on. I don't want to say this, but the only shelter I know of is the cursed house. Please tell me somebody else knows of somewhere else we can go. We're in a forest, right? Currently, unless I'm mistaken. Oh, we're, we're in the clearing. We, have to, we went to the clearing, didn't we? You are currently in a forest. That's okay. That's what I thought. Uh, Marcus would kind of look around. And just maybe I could create some something from wood or something or other. I've done it before, but not for maybe not for so many people. It's possible I could do. Cook something up. Clean a locker. Just like let me know. Oh, help. And she's still a little bit sniffling. Thank you, Kalina. You. You take a rest now. If I need anything, I'll I'll make sure it's absolutely necessary. I mean, Alice will help because he can make the wood grow even. So if we can find something that that's a good idea, he can shape. I need to do something. I, I can't sit down. Maya will be busying herself, sort of, you know, whatever fabric she can find. If she has to tear her tunic to do it, she'll be binding up Sylvie's wounds, and then she'll. Kind of fuss, try to fuss over Kalina a little bit if Kalina will let her. Yeah, as you try, you notice she kind of uncharacteristically is very quiet and distant and just kind of shrugs you off. Maya will also kind of try to check out Marcus to make sure that he didn't, you know, injure himself too badly when he fell. I'm, I'm alright. My eyelids. More of a pride thing, honestly, but. You sure no no bumps no cuts? I got up, chewed up pretty bad. Not too bad, but behind you, but no tend to tend to the others, and I'll make sure we get something going here in terms of uh, uh, shelter. Okay, Marcus, can I have you roll me a d twenty, and can I also have Alice roll me a d twenty? Sure. I rolled a sixteen. We got a ten. Marcus, while you're looking around, you are, you grab this like bigger branch that you're trying to pull and you realize that it must be stuck on something on the other side. And as you move to the other side, crossing through a little bit of some dense brush and some tall reeds, you emerge from the tree line. And as a crack, as a peal of thunder echoes through the sky, and lightning flashes. You see silhouetted against the sky a dark building with a tiered roof line slanting up and away from you. Well, if that ain't ominous as all shit. And that is where we will end tonight's session. Listening to Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, 
Purple Planet music and arcane anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest here. I was so entranced with what was going on when my name got called. I was totally whoa, maybe yeah. <laughs> Uh, math. I am bad at math. Math is not my strong point. Uh, let's take a break because it is past the time we normally would take a break. Dear goodness gracious <laughs> God, the bum and bum. <laughs> yeah. So we're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> it's been. This is intense. <laughs> I apologize for reminding our DM that we had to. No, how dare you? I was so mad. I kept getting things like I kept getting like seventeen and eighteens, mm-hmm. and then like sixes and eights. I'm like, oh come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Uh, we're in the forest, which means we're probably using acrobatics, which means the lowest I can roll is a fifteen. Oh, who? Okay, all right. I'm going to. Oh no, I lost everyone's sound. Oh, oh, are you there? Can you hear us? Okay, it's back. Yeah, okay, it's good. Back. <laughs> hey, can you guys hear me now? Yep. I like lost you guys for yep. like a good ten seconds or so. Oh. Yeah, I keep losing everyone. I don't know where today. Yeah, I. I keep coming out too a little bit. I haven't had any problems, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to end the, the episode with that. If that ominous is all just waiting for literally old man Longstead to pop out of anywhere. It doesn't matter where it could be. He popped out in the middle of the chase scene. He did. That was amazing. It was so funny. Every time, every time he shows up, I just die laughing. Oh yeah. He is so great. He's the best character we have. He's He's gotta make it. <laughs>